Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, what's it like? What's it like to see the moment? To feel yourself growing. This is greatness that I'm showing. Close your eyes. I'm still glowing. Close the door. I'm still going. This is grand business. Have a seat and be a witness. Hey, what's it like? It's about that time. Strictly Hoops with CJ Miles is hitting the airwaves. Yer, yer, How you doing, yer, yer. man? I'm good. How you, man? I'm doing well. Doing well. Fantastic. Coming off a Raptors win. Rate and review and subscribe on your podcast platforms, YouTube. Yes, sir. Like and subscribe there as well. CJ. Every button. Press them all. Every single and, one. And listen to the song in the beginning also. Hey, what that? It's beautiful. Love that song. Thank we should you. add uh, some of your your newer songs towards the the end of the the podcast. We could hey, do that too if you want. I'm not I'm not mad at it. We could do whatever. It's our exactly. show, right? We could do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and that show is uh, hits the airwaves, as I said, every single Thursday, and that's why every we're recording Thursday. today. Every Thursday, every Thursday, an episode will hit your podcast feed and also hit the the YouTube channel. So please check it out. More uh, tune for your head top. Exactly. <laughs> Why did we both wear yellow today? That's my question. I don't know, man. It's, it's fall, man. You know the, the the good colors are coming out. The good the good earthy tones. The good because mm-hmm. it's not bright. It's not bright yellow because mine is showing up a little brighter than it is on the camera. I see that because of the lights, but it's not. It's very you know. I got the camo pants on. You can't see me, but I'm always nice dressed, nicely dressed. People know that about me. So. <laughs> <Yeah>. You say <laughs> private, just like Dennis Schroeder, who, by the way, I should mention. I'm not. I'm not on that level. No, no. That's a well, I just swag. want to mention. I want to clarify something because I learned more about why he took so long that day after his media availability. He did a French interview before he came to the podium. Mm. So, just want to give him uh, that uh, that cred that he also did that beforehand. Mm. So that's why it took longer than than usual. Um, but uh, he was very good yesterday against the Bucks. Uh, actually, first. He's- He's been really good, period. Oh, he's been very good. And we're going <laughs> to talk about that. We're going to talk about the Yak and uh, Dennis Schroeder pick and roll. We're going to talk about the Bucks game. We're going to talk about Grady Dick. We're going to talk about .5 basketball. We're going to talk about uh, a whole bunch of things. All right. But but first, I want to get your thoughts on the Raptor City Edition jersey. I know players, they take pride in the jerseys and they want to they want to look good, as we know. And the Raptors, their City Edition jersey came out today. Again, OVO themed. Your thoughts on it. That's the best one. Best one, yeah. That's the best OVO jersey for sure. Like, yeah, I like the one that we had, the black one. The I, I did like that one, but that one, that one's fire. I like the the gold champagne, whatever color you want to call it, um, with the mm-hmm. black. I like it, especially when you get to wear it at home. That's when I I, I like them the most when you get to wear. I like wearing dark colors at home. I always like that. I don't know why, but I always like that. Yeah, there was a Dennis Schroeder again, as I mentioned uh, during media day. He accidentally tweeted out a photo. Of or not, not tweet. It was an IG story. He sent out a photo, wasn't supposed to because it was unreleased at that point, and so people got a glimpse of it, and it didn't look as good in the in that kind of setting. But once you get the players in it, you're seeing like the high resolution images. Mm-hmm. Uh, it looks a lot better. Although I still mm-hmm. think I I want to see more purple in their city edition jersey. I want I want to see them go back to it, but I'm not sure if that's possible with the influence of oh, Champagne yeah. Poppy. But I also I I'm with you on that too. I love the yeah. the purple, like the the Raptor. The when they did it, I was jealous because that was right after I was gone. Right, I wanted that jersey bad. Like, yeah, I gotta figure out. I gotta see if I can call somebody here to make me one. But I'm sure that will. one's that one's that one's really cool. But this is my favorite OVO City edition. No, it's nice. What was the favorite jersey that you that you rocked in your NBA career? Oh, the FloJo. Yeah, hands down. The For anyone who doesn't Pacer. know, what was a Flojo? The Flojo Pacer jersey, so the one that with with the stripe, the uh, with the stripe across it, the the Ooh. blue, the navy blue and the yellow. That's my yeah, favorite. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. That's nice. That was my that because it, it 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 just embodied so much, right? You know the history of of that team and of the of of Indiana and growing up and getting to see it and then getting to play in it. The only one I would have liked to play in even more was the pinstripe one the the white with the or the blue but i got but i did get a i did steal a pair of shorts of the pinstripe jersey though 
country you shout out them? To, well you not stole them? country looked out for me right i used to go i used to i did it on every team i would go back there and like look and see what stuff they had that was old just laying around because i got some old i got the camouflage raptor shorts too the camouflage yeah. jersey because i wasn't yeah, there yeah. for that and i got the shorts from them for that Nice. So what's, yeah. what's next on your, uh, on your theft list? <laughs> oh, I'm, I'm done. So whatever anybody oh. sends me at this point, I'm not going in. <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, so yeah, the Bucks game yesterday, we were talking off air, the Milwaukee Bucks, they got some things to figure out. Holy smokes. However, um, actually, yeah. Your, your thoughts on the Bucks from what you saw yesterday going into the game, they were one of the worst defensive teams in terms of defensive rating. And we saw why that was the case, I think. Yeah. Um, like, I won't lie. I haven't, I haven't watched them super. I haven't been super tuned into them. Like, I mean, mm. I know it looks good on paper and I know Chris Middleton's still trying to get his sea legs. Right. There's a lot going on with that too, but just watching yeah. them, like we talked, they look disinterested in that game. Like, and then we talked, and I looked up the schedule like we talked about before. It was the third game in four nights. I understand travel fatigue, but like Giannis, the condition he plays, he's been in and the way he plays and mm-hmm. Dame, Dame not looking like Dame really to me in that game. Like they didn't really look happy about what was going on, if that's the best way to put it. I know nights, people have nights, right? Um, But yeah, they just didn't look as much as a unit as they've looked to me the last couple of years or so. Right. Um, that was the biggest thing for me watching them. And how they're using Brooke Lopez is what I find the most perplexing because we remember Brooke the past few years under a different coach. He was in that like mega drop and uh, he was showing his length and he, they were forcing those mid range shots and he was vertical. He was a rim protector. He was so imposing. And that was their, a defensive identity, but everyone knew it, but you couldn't beat it necessarily because they also had some of the length and they obviously had Drew Holiday at the point of attack. Very different than Damian Lillard. Yes, that Hoping changes a lot. No yeah. no disrespect to Dame. Like he's not the worst defender in the league or anything, but it's not Drew Holiday, right? And you've been no. having a you've been playing defense and playing and guys have been playing with that guy guarding the ball or guarding the best guy or whatever it may be, right? Um, and mm-hmm. Chris Middleton's solid defender, too. They got, like you said, a lot of length with Giannis and Lopez being on the floor, but the head of the snake being different definitely changes things on that end. Now, the dynamic yeah. stuff that Dane brings on the other end is going to make up for some of that, obviously, at some point. But still, defensively, there's a lot of change that comes with this, right? There's so much yeah. that, that Drew just makes up for. Like the gaps right. that you have to fill now, you don't know them because Drew and Giannis have been so good. You didn't know you had these weak spots yet. Mm-hmm. And you look at it, they had the point of attack set, figured out, and then they had their back line, their rim protector figured out. Those mm-hmm. are two things that are, you know, one of the weaknesses probably of most defenses when they're not that good. Mm-hmm. And they had those those mastered. Now, Chris Middleton, he played 17 minutes yesterday. Uh, Malik Beasley is starting at the two. I think they probably have to, A, make some adjustments, with their their rotations or substitutions or mm-hmm. B maybe it's they got to find someone else because this is this is another year where you're going for a championship obviously mm-hmm. so I, I would imagine that there might be some changes on the way because uh as it is even if they they improve and their rotations are tighter and all that I'm not sure if uh if under this kind of defense they're going to be able to reach like NBA championship caliber on the defensive side of things offensively I mean mm-hmm. It is what it is, but everyone plays defense in the playoffs, and uh, I just I'm not yeah. sure if they're going to be able to cover up some of these weaknesses. Yeah, I, yeah. It, some you'll there's going to be some more time. Yeah. Like it's it's really early, and when you got great players on your team, you try to give them time because they can make up for so much, like we were saying. But like you said, they're also going to miss. We talked about Drew Holiday, but they're going to miss Grayson Allen's off type off the bench and yeah. the different punches, and these guys filling those holes have to figure out how they're going to make their mark with this team now, right? What are they going to do that provides that spark and that energy that 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 really helps carry when those other guys are out or not having the best night or a team just focuses solely on them and says, you're going to have to beat me? Can Malik Beasley give me 30? Yes, I've seen him do it before, but can he do it now with this system and with these type of shots and difference in it? How can he impose the game? I put his, how can he impose his will on the game? Mm. That's enough about the Milwaukee Bucks. Moving on to the Toronto Raptors, the team that won. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was uh, different about their half-court offense? That was the, the sore thumb so far this season. It's been very up and down. They're, they've had games where they've shot well from three. Actually, they've had 
three games where they shot well from three. And uh, still the half court offense is in the mud. It's not looking like uh, a way, a sustainable way for them to create half court offense, you know, game in game out against different kinds of opponents. And as I mentioned, you know, Milwaukee, not the best probably representation of what a good defense is, but Mm -hmm. it's important that the Raptors are stringing together, you know, some good performances. So did you see anything different from how they're operating with their half court offense, sir? I mean, First of all, it's still a lot of early turnovers, right? They're still turning the ball over early in the game. Yeah. Even when we're talking about a team that's not a great defensive team, you still have a lot of early turnovers. Like that, I think them really still searching out that point five, right? Still trying to figure it out. Still trying to get the the bearings with how fast they want to play and what they want to do with certain guys. Um, I think that's part of it. But they're still not hesitating on threes. And guys are making – having good nights, right? And it's – and it's contributing to really good starts. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the games they start, well, obviously, you make threes, you start well. Um, that's really, it's not really a secret thing. But I think the more and more they keep moving it, the more and more they keep giving it up in transition early and pushing, the half court obviously will have time to settle as long as we can do the other things. But right now, it's just about finding your bearings, finding your rhythm with each other. Um, they all want to do it right. You can tell. They're all yeah. moving super fast. They're all like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. It hasn't become second nature yet. It hasn't become a reflex. Right now they have to think about moving in 0.5 and when I mm-hmm. should cut. And when I when it becomes real fluid, then we'll really get a real good look at it. And that takes some games. And then you decide, all right, we might have to make some changes. Right. What's good is that they seem all in sync and that they know their defense is fueling their offense. And that's not always a an easy thing for a team to wrap their head around. And last year's team, I think it was similar, but the results weren't there, especially as the season went on. It felt like, you know, you're playing, there's all this defense and things just weren't going according to plan. But with this team right now, I mean, <clears throat> their defense is ridiculously good. It is very, very good. Just a quick stat. They're forcing the most misses from other teams right now, just like straight up basket mm-hmm. going in or basket not going in. They're for- forcing the most misses in the NBA. I mean, right now it's flat out effort. Yeah. Like they're just locked in, right? Like there it's not like there's no mistakes being made or anything. They're just playing hard. Like they that's the biggest thing that makes you notice that Milwaukee looks disinterested. Or maybe they just weren't prepared for the energy they were gonna play with. And we talked about this is the advantage of playing 10, 11 guys also. Like yeah. we got a bunch of fresh bodies out there. We got a bunch of guys that can play as hard as they can play. They're trying to earn minutes, and they already know I'm only going to get six, seven minutes stints at a time anyway. So why mm-hmm. not gas out and go sit down and drink some water, and I'll be back. Um, but I think it's really great to see them really locked into that because if that grows and then the offense catches up a little bit, it's 130 is easy every night. Sure. Like, you got – especially when you got guys making threes, you got Scotty shooting step-back threes on the break. You got um, <laughs> guys moving without the ball well. Like, Grady got some threes up. He didn't shoot it well, but, like, they're all good shots, right? So, if he makes three three more of his, what is he, one for eight in that game? Is that the game? Yes, he was. Eight? One for eight, That's yeah. the game. So, and they're really good looks. Like, two of those going in, he's three for eight. Changes Well, two of them going in, he's probably ends up being five or eight instead because now you feel better, right? You mm-hmm. don't have any pressure on the shots, but, like, him making some more threes on top of the guys that are making them changes that game even more. He was doing a bit of the, the laser beam shot that you had mentioned mm-hmm. the other day. And I think his last three, I saw more arc on it than I've ever seen him put on a shot or at least recently. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it didn't go in, but I mean, it, it seems like he's, he's trying things at least. But so um, I'm pretty sure we're going to talk about unless we might as well segue to him now since we're here. Yeah, sure. Um, let's just, while we're here. Yeah. Um, the the thing is though is it comes with this part of the the learning curve, right? Yeah. Like I gotta learn how to prepare. I gotta learn how to be consistent. I gotta learn how to not let last game affect this game, good or bad. Like that that just because there's so much emotion in a young player in the beginning. Because there's so much you 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 gotta learn how to not search for what you already have, right? Like every night he's trying to prove that I'm supposed to be here. And we already know that, or at least the players do, the team do. And we just, we just, we know you need time, but we Mm -hmm. don't, we don't think you're not supposed to be here. We just know you need time. The player thinks I have to do it right now. 
I got to get it done. I, and I'm searching. I'm like, oh, I missed that one. I got to make the next five or I got to I got to change it right away. I got to fix it right away. And then you just got to be able to play by play, game by game, night by night. He has a big thing that for me, the little thing for him is Giannis comes at him on the break, gives up an one. I remember this play in the first half. The next time Giannis, and I'm thinking in my head, just get in front, try to take the charge. You're not blocking it. You're not. And if you're going to touch him, touch him. Grab his arms, wrap him up, whatever. Next time Giannis comes down in lane and he's in the play, he gets in front of him, clogs the lane, takes a charge. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so it lets you know he's aware of what's going on. He's moving well without the ball offensively. He's taking good shots. He's not hesitating. Because the one he made, I think he had taken three before that mm -hmm. and had missed them. And there was no hesitation the next one he shot when he made it. So you know he's not afraid. It's just about finding his pace. Yeah. After the game, uh, Darko said he's got some guts for <laughs> taking a charge on Giannis. And Pascal said uh, that was impressive. Didn't think he would do that. I mean, it's not something that every player wants to do. And yeah. uh, he didn't really take a direct hit from, from Giannis. It was more like a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder kind of thing. But, hey, he got in there, and uh, he's only shown us throughout the throughout preseason and also throughout this season so far is that he's willing to do the dirty work. Yeah, and if that's, if that's my only option to stop him, I gotta <laughs> like that's my only option in that position, right? I don't. Yeah. Have, there's no other way with him having a full head of steam to stop mm -hmm. him besides hoping you can cut him off. So, but I mean, it's a great play, and it's a great yeah. awareness, especially after giving up an end one before. A lot of guys are like, I don't want to get another foul, and it's kind of like you have commit to it. Sure. On the Raptors' defense, it seems like they do a really nice job of containing contesting. So there's a lot mm -hmm. of uh, resistance at the point of attack, also at their rim protection. Yaka Pertle, uh, when pressure the two, when he's back, um, it seems like they just have a very focused idea of the principles and what the game plan is. And they're following it. I mean, there was a possession yesterday where OG was guarding Giannis at the top of the key, and you had four players with one foot in in the mm -hmm. paint and then you yeah. also had og with both feet in and og i mean he did a terrific job as he always does against any star player but uh it seems like they're buying into those little details and also you know when Giannis is on the wing you have help side coming from scotty barnes who's just so incredibly active right now man holy he's yeah. just go 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 on defense yeah. and i was looking at the stats earlier i don't have them in front of me but the raptors are much 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 better on defense when he's on the floor yeah he's i mean the motor that he's playing with everywhere because he's getting triple doubles. He's doing, he's affecting the whole game. Right. So like, yeah, I, I think that energy is what's carrying over into everything else. Cause you start to see the success from that type of energy on the game. He's like, I can carry it over to everything. And then like, once I, once I met, once he's mastered this pace, he can play at this pace and still see slowly. Right. There's less mm -hmm. turnovers coming. There's less, you think, um, you just see him. And my favorite thing about him on the other side is that he's not playing no games when he got the mismatch. Still, I'm saying this. Like, there's no – I'm not pulling out my footwork. I'm not testing my bag. I'm like, you're small. I'm big. Yeah. We're going to the rim. Foul me or I'm going to lay it up or dunk it. Like, we're yeah. just going to get that easy bucket and we're gonna not going to waste no energy, right? Double team comes, I can pass. I see it. But right yeah. now, that's my favorite thing about what he's doing. Carrying the energy, contesting shots rebounding pushing and then offensively when he's got a mismatch because it, it, it only brings confidence and that's where a step back three comes in right because now i've made three out of five or three out of four and now i'm feeling good guy backs all the way up all right i got no problem with this sure and we just talked about the milwaukee bucks and like their peak of their defense drew holiday and brooke lopez the raptors have dennis schroeder and yaka pertle that's their point of attack and that's their rim protection both of those guys they were working yesterday mm -hmm. man offensively yeah. and defensively uh dennis just like getting around those screens working his ass off mm -hmm. trying to make sure to just negate those lines uh to lanes to the, to the rim and then jacob there was like the first four or five minutes of the game mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. he was yeah you know what i'm talking yeah. about holy yeah. you read my mind it, it was his game Preach. everything yeah both sides Contesting shots, rebounding, offense rebounding, making itself available on the baseline and in the middle when guys drive. There's one play. There's a Giannis goes to the rim. There's a contest or whatever. Giannis is trying to get the rebound, and Giannis and then Yacht like snatches it over to to start the break. Um, he's, got, he's getting tip, he's getting tip, tip dunks, tip ins. 
yeah, setting good screens and rolling, making the pass out of the out of the, out of the roll. Like he's he's just in a real good space right now, and he's really just contributing to how the motor can work and mm-hmm. how point five can even be good with a big. Like they can understand it too, right? He's yeah. not doing anything extra. Anything else on the on the defense? I just uh, the scrambling within their switching too. Um, it's very cohesive. It's it's connective. Um, which I, which I really like too. Like, I mean, even Grady Dick, I mean, he's so young, but it seems like he's getting these concepts really well. And then you mm-hmm. add in Otto Porter Jr. Who's not going to be playing tonight against the 76ers. It's more still of a, a load management thing. They have a game plan that he had mentioned yesterday that when it comes to ramping up his action and he's not doing double uh, back-to-backs right now. So he's not going to play tonight, but he was, um, and just a, a great influence on the defensive end and everyone, yeah. man, like you got Pascal and you got OG, everyone's firing all cylinders. And just like you said, who played the most yesterday? It was Pascal Siakam at 32 minutes. Yeah, 32. That's a sweet it. spot. It's a sweet spot for him. Right. And we'll, yeah. when we, when we need him to play 40, we'll, it'll be when we need it, we'll need it. But defensively still one of the biggest things for me that's in my notes is to contest their yeah. effort to contest shots is outstanding right now. Like there's so there's so many times you see, say a guy has to stop the ball and help, like say a guy on the wing is on the elbow and he because he's helping on the ball. There's so many contests you see where the 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 help of the helper contests and the guys getting back to contest. Yeah. There's two guys flying at the shooter. There's so many times I saw that. In the first half alone, I could probably count multiple four or five times. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember the whole game, but I just know that was a big thing to me because it just shows the effort. And it also shows that they're drilling that into their heads. We got to contest everything. And as much as guys shoot threes now, as much as like guys are becoming good at standstill, because that's all everybody practices in practice. It's the only thing they do is shoot threes. <laughs> so we got to contest everything now. Yeah. And when they contest, it's different because they so have so much length. It's an, mm-hmm. And it's an intelligent help, right? They're, they're, they're using good angles when they do uh, help mm-hmm. with their defense and the hands are in the passing lanes. And Jakob, as I mentioned earlier, I mean, when it comes to that pick and roll with Dame, he's forcing those rounded drives and he's not taking fouls. Like sometimes it's so hard to keep Dame in, in control, but if the big isn't containing Dame, um, as he goes around that screen, he's able to get downhill with like a single line drive towards the rim. Then, I mean, you're, you're compromising your defense as, as I mentioned earlier. So he's not allowing that. This is where the mobile big aspect of, of Jakob is so valuable. Yeah. I, I have nothing but praise for him defensively. Like I got no, like we can, we so can sit good, here all man. day and just tell everybody, yeah, no. everybody's okay. great right now. Right. Like, okay. um, but yes, <laughs> like that length, that length and that mobility and the effort is unmatched. Right. Because yeah. we fight every night just to get the effort. That's what most teams mm-hmm. do defensively. So now if I get effort and I got three six nine guys and I got a seven-footer that can move and I got a point guard that dodges every screen and tries to steal every – like if I got all this effort with athletic ability, it yeah. it it turns – it mutates into a a championship-caliber defense. Mm-hmm. I don't have any other words for that. That's what I got for that. They're allowing the six-fewest shots inside five feet. So that's a, a good mark. You want to protect the paint? Well, don't let them get there. And they're not allowing that either. Let's switch to, well, I want to ask you about, about this thing. Do you feel like the Raptors are utilizing post-ups more than they were four games ago? I think, I, I, I think it's just a matter of um, seeing, seeing the game, right? Yeah. Guys we have that are really good in that spot and what the matchup is and how we can make it easier on them. I don't think they're like, I don't think it's a conscious effort from like the coach being like, we got to get, po-. I think it's the player saying, as we go, this is our best player. He's really, really good right there. Mm-hmm. Or this, this guy has the best matchup. He's really, really good right there. Let's go ahead and utilize this size and this athleticism. I don't think it's like, let's get some post-ups. Let's get this play out of the, po-. I think it's just basketball. Yeah. And you want to and you want to win games, you put the best players in the best position. That goes with Dennis being able to see it, every other guy that handles the ball just being able to see what the best play is. Um mm-hmm. and I think that's one of the things I see watching it is that they just are just falling into a groove and seeing things and seeing how you can play off of them and the shooters know if I can get these guys in the post that double teams are going to happen. And the point guard knows the more the double teams happen the kickouts I can attack closeouts and like, I think mm-hmm. it's just the game developing and giving them more game. Sure. 
I, I ask you that question because it, I mean, it's, it's hard to track that kind of data, at least with what's available to me, because I don't think NBA.com and their like stats and uh, how they track, track this stuff. It's not accurate. Like I was looking at yesterday's game and they said that the Raptors only had three post-ups and I just, I looked at Pascal Siakam and Scotty Barnes, the shots. I'm like, I see at least six right there very quickly. So it's a hard thing for me to track personally, but I mean, before, I mean, Pascal had talked about this uh, actually a few days ago. He said that, you know, it's a matchups, it's a matchups league and you have to utilize your matchups and, you know, against the 76ers and against the, the Bucks yesterday, we saw, you know, Pascal and Scotty taking guys on the block, drawn to it's kick out pass. And then they're able to get some wide open threes for their, for their teammates. And I wonder if they're trying to incorporate that aspect along with 0.5 basketball, because they're not like kind of messing around with their, their post-ups. They're getting into them quickly. They're decisive even o- with it. Even OG is getting the post-ups. Yeah. Even OG is getting them those deep the seals, right? Yeah. yeah. He's, he's figuring out how to get them. But I think it's, it's a pick your poison thing, right? Like I got a mismatch. You decide what you want to do. You hmm. want to come double team me and not let me get in the rhythm, or you want to let my guys make threes all night, or put your defense in rotation all night, which will eventually break the whole thing. And now everything is open, right? <laughs> guys yeah. are getting blown by on closeouts, missed assignments, late on the post up because the guys made three threes already. Everything goes bad. So you got to pick right now. You got to pick something, mm-hmm. and then and then we'll go. A few things that Darko has mentioned over the past few games caught my eye. Yesterday, he was asked, like, is this about as perfect of a game you can play? And he said, not even close. And he said the defense was very good, but he was more referring to the offense of offensively. There's so much leeway for us to get better on. And I was wondering what that meant, because I don't think, I mean, yesterday, as I said, it was a lot of post-ups and there was a lot of pick and roll, obviously. <laughs> and there were moments where they could have been good, could have been better, but I wonder what he's referring to when he when he says that. I mean, I'll I'll defer to you because we're gonna, I was going to ask you about your experiences with you know playing point five basketball and obviously there's ways w- in which they can get you know better possession. There's better cuts, better screening angles, um, ghosting, rip throughs, all this stuff. You know, jab and goes. They can be more effective on all these things. But what do you think when you hear a coach say that? Like, how many ways in which are they able to get that much better at this style of basketball? I think it's just the coach being like, it's basically him saying the work is never done. Right. Um, yeah. Like it's not, we celebrate what we're doing well and the improvements and we do this, but he also has the advantage of having the vision. He has the full vision. Mm-hmm. We don't know. We don't know what he's, what, what the full vision of, we just know the pieces he's trying to implement right now and what they're trying to catch up to. So us not knowing what he fully sees kind of hinders that, that insight. But at the same time, we're looking at it like that's oh my goodness if they can do this if they can do that so i couldn't imagine what what he what his plan is where he's at and what and how excited he is and just want to be able to stand in a place um an even keel place don't want to get to a point where you start to overlook things because you want to always improve there's always place for improvement and if you start to you don't want to get to a place of complacency yeah as a coach, as a player, as anything. Like you want to be able to look at the game even even every night. Like, yeah, I shot. Even if like OG has a seven seven game, like we're talking about. Like, all right, so how come we don't find a way to get him more shots? Or how could we that doesn't take the efficiency down? You know what I mean? Cause he's clearly feeling it. So mm. let's find a way to get him some more. Cause maybe he's 10 for 10, 11 for 11 if we get him the right shots. That's not to say they didn't try or the game didn't, but it's just like, I have to notice that. I have to see that. I have to look at, man, a botched handoff would have got him another three. Or a late cut would have got him another three. Or he didn't cut or he didn't screen. Or I just have to see and show guys awareness things because the game will always present itself more ways to be creative once it becomes a necessity. So the better we get, the more defenses try different things, the more we get to play. The more we get to try things, the more we get to 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 yeah. to to be creative, and I think that's the vision, right? To get into a space where it's just constant, constant creativity and constant just everything's second nature. Yeah, yeah it's, it's just that. So, you've played point five basketball at some point, or the concept of it. Like NBA has changed, you know, over the years, but the the idea of holding onto the ball for 0.5 seconds, passing it, less dribbling. You've done that before at some point, I would imagine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so 
my second year in Indiana, uh, Coach Vogel was trying to play fast. That's when we that was the first team that really went small under his under his reign, right? Um, and it was just about picking up the pace. Guys not really holding the ball, not didn't have to be a pick and roll every single time. Didn't have to be you dribble and just survey the floor. Let's move it, move it, move it, and get you to a spot on the wing where you're two dribbles away from whatever you're doing instead of seven. Mm-hmm. Um, that was the biggest thing where we were trying to do and getting up shots earlier if they're open, like noticing the type of things. Because you get an open shot at 19, wide open, and you pass it up to put the ball on the floor, we're probably not going to get another wide open shot. Yeah. Like we're, the, the the percentages of getting wide open shots and in possession are so low. Wide open shots, not good shots, not kind of open, not late contests. I mean, like you, because you, because you don't let the defense set and you create a tempo that makes a, somebody mess up early. You got to take advantage of that. Victor couldn't reach the shot is what you're saying. <laughs> that open. Yeah, exactly. That yeah. And that's, that's open. <laughs> yes, it is. So something that he, I think he can block my shot right now. Holy man. <laughs> Our offenses are adjusting right now yeah. um, in, a, in a way that they haven't had to in a lot of coaching careers. I'm sure looking at players that may not be exactly shooting threats. Like think of some of the players on the Raptors that can maybe, you know, they can maybe make a three at a, 33, 34% clip, but they're not going to be able to hit a shot where it's swing, 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 you know, put up the shot. How do players like that execute within 0.5 basketball to make sure they're creating advantages, they're touching the paint, they're able to get the ball swinging? Because I think that's something that some players are struggling with a little bit, that, you know, teams aren't really closing out, uh, out on them very hard and they're having to make some decisions. And sometimes it's just like they're swinging the ball around the perimeter, but no one's getting inside. Mm-hmm. So what are the things that a player could do? I think the biggest thing is just be ready for catching goals, right? Even if you're not a shooting threat, you almost kind of have um, a little bit of advantage because the guy is kind of lazily coming at you. So if you can be ready to go when that ball hits your hands, you can catch him trying to figure out what he's going to do, right? If I'm going to stay back or if I'm going to get ready to contest, and you could just – and it doesn't have to be too – to score. Like, I think that's the biggest thing. It's just about making the defense react. So if it gets around to you again, now there's space to do something. You just want to make a reaction. You want to start the breakdown. You want to start the rotation. And it doesn't always, or just knowing who's the next guy. Like if I'm on the wing and there's a guy in the corner, I'm not even looking at the rim. I'm catching it running towards him for a handoff or going to screen away or going to like, I can be active before the ball gets to me too. Yeah. It requires more, I think effort and focus, mental focus mm-hmm. with this style of basketball. Mm-hmm. No, 100% because now I'm asking you to do, to make a decision right now. I'm not asking you to survey, take your time, asking you to already be ready, to already have an idea of what type of defense is being played, to know yourself, first of all. That's the biggest thing. So to know myself is going to let me know how the defense is going to play me, what they're going to do. So if I already know they're not closing out. I either one, I get my feet dug into the ground. I'm set to be able to shoot it in case nobody's even near me because I got to take the open shot. Like, I know you work on it. I know everybody's mm-hmm. shooting threes. I know you're doing So I got to be able to do that. And then at the same time, if I don't feel comfortable, I got to know what's next. I got to know the next step already. I got to know, like I said, who's in that corner or if I'm going right back and going to a pick and roll. I have to be just open and ready for whatever's in front of me. Which means I have to. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Know everything that we, we do, we can do. I have to know all mm. the options. I have to know every position on the floor, what's there. I have to know how, how I'm feeling and being honest about it. 
Yeah, it seems like a tricky thing that some players are struggling with. They played no. with a lot more pace uh, the past game um, yeah. against the against the Bucks, and uh, in that 76ers game or the the Trailblazers game specifically, it was uh, you weren't really recognizing that style of basketball as much. They were playing a lot slower. And credit to Pascal Siakam, who said mm-hmm. that you know post game he mentioned to Scotty Barnes going into last night's game that we have to play with more energy. And he said we not. You, he's like, we have to play with more energy yeah, right yeah, off the yeah. bat. And I saw Pascal yeah. flying in a way yesterday that I haven't seen him fly like that outside of the home opener. He was cooking. Yeah. Even the way he was like getting out and hedging on screens and the stuff he was doing when he wasn't switching and things like that. He's just a sense of urgency on all those guys. But like just seeing him do it, that's a leadership role, right? Like mm-hmm. if I'm doing it, I'm the I'm the guy that's been an awesome on his team. I'm the guy that's 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 hit game winners and been leaned on in this type of way. So I got to show that nothing is beneath me. Yeah. Cause if it's not beneath me, it can't be beneath you. You're trying to get to where I'm at. And the other thing, the, the piggyback on what we were talking about before that makes this tricky, trying to implement these new things is that there is so much freedom. You're not telling guys they can't do something. When the guy steps on the floor and already knows if he does it, he's come out of the game. It's different. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, but yeah. now when I create this space, if I want you to be creative and I want you to be free, that's what blows guys' minds. Because a lot of guys, their whole life have been told, you better not do this, that, or the third. They've been put in this box. And now basketball, there's no boxes in basketball no more. People are trying to get as far away from that as possible. At mm-hmm. some point, there's going to be a bunch of, there's going to be a team that has eight or nine KDs in Victor. I can't say his name right. Wimbenyama. Yama. There's yeah. gonna be. There's go. gonna be. <laughs> there's gonna be. There's gonna be teams built like that where there's gonna be no space for you to play in a box. We can't play mm-hmm. slow because three of those guys take up the whole floor. When Coach Vogel was implementing that system, was it the same kind of growing pains that we're seeing with the Raptors? Um, it was. It was worse actually. Okay. And I, and I, no, so I only say content. that, but uh, <laughs> it's not in a bad way. It's just you got to remember this is there's this is the beginning of this. Yeah. So none of these guys even like it's so much unknown, right? Like this is the even Golden State still really early in really doing like being successful with it really at this time because. And and on the East, nobody was doing it until Atlanta played Indiana in the playoffs. They mm-hmm. they did it to cancel out Roy Hibbert. They played a big deck and shoot threes. Was it Muscala or one of them? They played them and they, they saw, and everybody in the East was like, oh, that's Aha. that's the that's yeah. how we beat the number one defense in the in the NBA now. We got to get him off that play. We got to get him out of the game. Yeah. And we had to do something. So when I came. They had to do something to combat that. They have had to have another lineup for when people did it. Because my first year, Roy played the whole year. He was he started the game. D West started beside him, and then the next year, it's like we got to have both sides of this now. Interesting. Yeah, but it was but it was bad because it was bad. It was because you got, Monte Ellis comes, who's a guy who likes to have the ball in his hands. PG's coming back from breaking his leg, so he's proving that I'm PG still. This is not in a bad way. I'm just saying this is what's happening. Like this is the demons that we all fighting, right? Um, and, and you're just trying to teach other guys that have been playing three and four how to play four and five. In my case, a guy that's been playing two, I'm learning how to play four. Like, all this is stuff is just stuff you're trying to figure out for us. Put on some bulk, CJ. You're going in the post. <laughs> Zach Randolph, Derek Favors, Louis Scola, Dirk Nowinski, Kevin Garnett. Oh. Who else? I mean, that alone, that, that part of the list alone tells you what that yeah. was like for me. I remember my sternum hurting. Yeah, I, I bet. I bet. That that never hurt before from basketball. Because <laughs> he never played the four. Darko yeah. mentioned the other day also, and he's interesting quotes. He's uh, he, he offers some good stuff, some good insight. Also, sometimes he's not, uh, he doesn't very uh, elaborate too much, but if you just pinpoint some of the things that he says, um, it's interesting. He mentioned that it's difficult to play call because of the speed of mm. 0.5 basketball. So all the decisions are being made by players on the floor. And I think this is why sometimes you might see that the bench, they're struggling a little bit. It seems like the starters, they have a better flow at least. It hasn't always been leading to results necessarily, but it seems like they're getting into things a little bit faster. So Mm -hmm. is it always Dennis making that call? um, Or is it the person who's 
bringing the ball down the floor because even yesterday I saw Pascal bringing the floor ball down the floor a little bit. I haven't seen him do that too much actually so far this season. But anyway, um, is that part of the transition? Is that I mean, we even saw this last season with the Raptors is that there was a lot of freedom. They weren't playing 0.5 basketball necessarily, but I felt like the freedom was also a curse in that they would get into an action. It didn't work. And now there wasn't much uh, secondary third actions and they weren't going into those and going into them as much as they probably should have, or at least uh, how other teams would operate. Yeah. So this is where, yes, Dennis, the point guards, Malachi, the main ball handler, Scotty and Pascal, they have to be an extension of the coach, right? They have to really dial in on a film and a feel of the game to be able to like, all right, point five has got to take a rest for this possession. Mm-hmm. What am I, what do I got out here? What's the play call, right? Like they got to really, that's, it's on them because like you said, I, I'm not, if I'm asking you to play fast, I'm not going to be like, oh, 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 all the time. And then I learned this from Earl Watson. Earl Watson used to have three plays already on deck. He talked about it all the time. He was like, I had a, it was how, it was how I did my checklist for the game too. It's like, I can do that fast because I'm already going to relate the three plays to you. So we could do it fast. I'm going to tell you when we come off the bench, we're going to run this play, this play, and that play. I don't care if you score on the first one. We're still going to run the other two. Because mm-hmm. it's going to show me the defense, what they're doing, how they're doing it. And then it's going to allow how we play freely after that. So I'm going to run a screen away for you. I'm going to run a pick and roll with Paul. I'm going to run a cross screen for whoever. And we're going to be able to play with pace because I already told you. And then from there on, we all know what's working. So there's no, there's no excuse to how we play now, right? Like, yeah, you can't be upset that I called the cross screen play again, or we run some type, or freely we go. Because now guys see and they freely go do it without you calling it. Because like it's that's the best matchup. That's what we're mm. gonna attack until they change something. And I think that was one of the things I, I picked up from like just noticing that extension of the coach type thing, like knowing what is out there and what's going on, and just really having a a feel and a pulse of the game. I always see Dennis and Darko talking at practice too. Always. But at the same time, as we talk about this, I mean, now I'm seeing Pascal bringing the ball down the floor. Like, honestly, I haven't seen him do that very often. Um, I mean, maybe in transition, but like they inbound the ball and Pascal Siakam has the, has the ball in his hands, yeah, which I thought yeah, was yeah. interesting. And he mentioned the other day, actually, again, that, you know, it's a transition. Actually, not the other day. It was last night after, after the win. He said that, you know, it's a bit of a transition not having the ball in my hands as much. I feel like they're making some tweaks along the way here. And when mm-hmm. I mentioned the post steps, I mentioned Pascal bringing the ball down the floor. Like, these little things, I think they're kind of figuring out their flow as as we go so they can maintain that pace too because you want pascal siakam touching the paint because that's where good things happen mm-hmm. and i also know i know this or i know what it looks like with pascal doing it already yeah i got i got two years of it even if i wasn't the coach i know we can do that i know the success rate i know we can use it when we need to use it right now i need to see totality i need to see pieces of everything i need mm-hmm. to see I need to make a way where we don't have to lean on that till we need it, like really need it till it's fourth quarter. And I've got three guys with 15 points already. And the help is a little different. I don't need you looking at the other players, the other eight guys looking at you the entire game. Yeah, I don't. Cause now I can't create your rhythm either. Now your rhythm is so much harder. So now you don't have a rhythm and you got to take this game-winning shot for me, and those guys don't have a rhythm when you pass it to them when the double team comes. So now everybody's yeah, messed yeah. up, right? And that's yeah. the thing. Anything else on on point five basketball? Like it's, I mean, it's a, it's a tough thing to talk about because so much of it is just on players making intuitive, instinctual decisions on the fly. But it, it just seems like, I mean, I, I like when Chris Boucher is on the floor. He's got mm-hmm. a really nice. Uh, ghosting and then rolling to the basket and how he does mm-hmm. that, how quick it is. I mean, it looks really, really fluid. And um, I would like to see more players doing that, but uh, I guess we're finding ways, you know, as we head on to the season, which players are doing it well, which is what you, you mentioned. Those are the guys that are going to play. Jalen McDaniels didn't play yesterday. So. Yeah. I mean, and it, I mean, this is how, but this is how, this is how it should be. Yeah. When, especially when you want to play a big rotation, like he said, so now what this does for Jalen, it sends his butt right into the gym. 
So when his mm-hmm. name gets called again, he's ready. Or if somebody gets hurt, he's ready. It doesn't allow him to get complacent with what's going on when you notice that, you know, I can put Grady in the game. I can put Malachi in the game and play off ball too. I can play three big wings. I can, there's so much space for you not for you not to lollygate, right? Like, I don't have time for you not to, to – I want to play you, and you do bring things to the table, but we need them. Mm-hmm. Like, and we're going to get chances. That's not to say you play bad, I'm never going to play you again, but it's going to keep everybody's fire lit. And that's the that's the and we and we get in situations sometimes you see it on teams where guys sometimes they're just when they fall in funks it's just because they're allowed to stay in it like they get to like be like oh I'm so I'm just not figuring it out right like like no figure it out yeah and that and and I'm and I'm saying I'm not making light of it I'm just saying when there's for your guys that are up and coming and trying to figure themselves out this makes you figure it out that's simple main that's guys simple. don't need main guys don't need motivation that's why they're main guys. I don't have to motivate them. I don't have to tell them. They already know. And yeah. they built and they built up a bank of consistency that allows me to trust that they'll figure it out. Young guys, they don't know. Some of them just don't know how to figure it out yet. It just takes time. So they need to sit down so they can digest it. Because if I leave you out there in the middle of it sometimes with a young guy, it makes it worse. Because you lose all your confidence. Because now you're just beating yourself up. Then you go look on your Instagram. Then you hear some guy on the third row. <laughs> then you, you know what I mean? <laughs> then you see somebody write something. Then like all these things that are also part of this world start to like pile on you. And we've yeah. seen it time and time again with young guys. And they have to get it. And they don't play well again until they get a change of scenery. Because it has to be something so drastic to reboot them. Mm-hmm. We're seeing with Malachi this season, he's had some, some downs so far. Downs as in like the play hasn't been very consistent. He's getting the ball poked. Um, the bench has been a problem, you know, throughout this season. That was actually yesterday was probably the best performance they've had. You know, it was stable minutes. They were a net positive. Yeah, good. and he played well too. I mean, we gotta give him credit. Like he was breaking down his uh, defenders, he was getting in the paint, he was making some kickout passes. He had one to Grady Dick, he had one to Otto Porter Jr. for three. Good stuff from him. Um, it's good to I, see that he's he's figuring it out a little bit. If I'm them of recent games. I go watch Chicago's bench and just see like the way Tory Craig and Caruso and the what's the other young kid's name that went to Illinois, um, even Javon Carter, like the way yeah. that they play, right? It's like, bro, I'm on the floor, I'm diving, I'm hitting people, I'm I'm not gonna foul out, I'm not gonna play enough minutes. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I'm not gonna get, I'm not gonna get exhausted. I'm not gonna play enough minutes. I'm not gonna play if Pascal's. Pascal's playing 32. I'm not going to be like, you know what I mean? Like, so there's space for me to play, but I'm not going to get anywhere near that. My longest so stint. Why not I, work your ass off? <laughs> yeah. Why not? Why not gas out? And if yeah. I do get tired during that time and he got to take me out, so what? I gave him everything I had. And I'll get put back in the game because of that. Yeah. Those guys. Yeah, Utah, those guys. Utah play that way. That's what those, I loved about Utah last season. He plays not last season, two seasons ago like, when he yeah, was here. Like, 15 minutes, and it's like he's worked harder than anyone who played 30 minutes. <laughs> and like, and you could watch a game, he could be 0 for 5, 0 for 6 from 3 or whatever. It doesn't yeah. I don't, the things he's doing besides that are so much greater on the game. As long as the shots are the right shots, I do not have to take him out of that game. Yeah. You're gonna make a shot at something. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not worried about that. That I, you've shown that. You, what did he shoot from three that year? He it was one of the best. He should have been in a three-point contest one of the years, though. Oh, sorry, with the, the Nets. Yeah, yeah, he was very good. Um, that was the Nets. Sorry, I'm, I'm thinking about yeah, that year. But any, but yeah, anyway, yeah. The, the thing is, I'm saying, like, that is not the, the end-all, be-all. It doesn't have to be. When you're off the bench, guy, because your effort, we used to say the bench mind. We can't be a drop-off. That's the main goal. There cannot mm-hmm. be a drop-off. We do not go in there up eight and come down, down eight or ten. We do not go in there and the game be even and it, it, it dropped. We, that, that is the number one rule. And then we learned how to make plus four, plus 12, or uh, down two, plus five, or even game, or down, or down 15 to down two. We yeah. learned how to do that. But the main goal was like everything you got because we can't be a drop off. That's the only concern. Nice motto. I'm going to ask you about uh, Pascal and Scotty's shot diet, but we've kind of talked about it here and there right now. Scotty's shooting 43% from three. 
very cool on 4.2 attempts. Pascal shooting 38% from three on 5.8 attempts. Obviously, if they're able to make those at a at a league average clip, I don't think Scotty's probably gonna, you know, stay where he is. But hey, prove me wrong, young man. <laughs> prove me wrong. It, de- it depends on the shots, right? It really yeah. is what it really depends on. It's not the capability. No, he's of making, making some crazy them. threes. Yeah, but that's yeah. the thing, right? Like, <laughs> but but this is what we also gotta remember that that's the way it goes. Like, even if you look, watch a Steph season, like there's going to be a point in time where he's going to shoot 49% on like eight attempts a game for like a month. And then there's going to be a week and a half where he shoots 32% yeah. from like, you know what I mean? Like it go, it goes for every shooter. It goes like that. The end number is all that matters, right? Like, and obviously you want more even kill. You want more mid, mid, like you want more 38, 39% than you do want the big drop off and the high drop off, obviously. But like the end of the year, Nobody looks at a 44, 42% shooter. It's like, man, but yeah, back in back in December, he only shot. <laughs> like, nobody does that when it's over. Yeah, yeah, they only, yeah, do, yeah. They only do that in that moment. <laughs> like. Yeah, I hear what you're saying. Yeah, anything on, on their on their shots, the shots they're taking, uh, anything you'd like to see different about it? I mean, as I, I said, like, they're figuring this thing out, and mm-hmm. it seems like they're getting closer and closer. I like that there's no hesitation. Like, I, yeah. I, I, I don't. I don't, that's the biggest thing for me because they're not bad ones, right? I like, the, especially on the catch and shoots. Like, I like that they're ready and, like, when they come into the square in their shoulders, they're in a position to go to go or shoot, drive or shoot. So, they're just reading. You're going to play off? I don't have to shoot nine of them. I just have to mm-hmm. take the one that you're playing off me so you don't play off me the whole time. I don't even have to make a high percentage of them all the time. I just have to show you I'll take the shot. Yeah, because you don't want me in rhythm on all three levels. If I'm Scotty, if I'm Pascal, you don't want it that. It changes everything. It changes everything because now you cannot guard me. No, like now there's nothing you can do with me if I'm making threes. Pascal's made a, his first shot. His first makes him a three in a, in a couple of the games, and he's That's been right. getting open looks just from being open to being in the in the in the offense moving and being ready and not having to think about it. I still love the play they run also, by the way. It's like a, a pitch back to Dennis Schroeder that leads to a flare on the empty side. Yeah, he's he beat to... uh, D- Bobby Portis with that, yeah, right? It was the inverted able... Euro step. Yeah, that was, yeah that was nasty. Yeah. There's yeah. a drive from the corner that's nasty in the beginning of the Chicago game, too, that he makes. He gets an M one, I think. It's like a some type of weird Euro, and he ends up throwing it back over his head. Man, um, he's so talented. Yesterday he was uh, asked about the three point shots and he's like, I I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I put up a thousand of these during the summer. I put up a thousand during, during practices and stuff like that. It's like, I may as well put them up in the game too and live with the results. It's true. And And his form form looks good. Everything looks good. He's just make a miss. That's what it is. Like they go in sometimes, sometimes they don't. Sometimes they go in a lot. Sometimes they they go in a little. It is what it is. And having fresher legs definitely helps. Let's see if that. Uh, yeah. yeah. And let's see if that uh, helps Pascal Siakam, Scotty Burns, all these guys make shots in the fourth quarter where they uh, struggled a little bit last year in, in crunch time. We're going to wrap it up with the Dennis and Yak pick and roll. That's mm-hmm. become more and more potent as we go on. Uh, Dennis, he's fourth right now, fourth in assists per game, 9.2 per game right now and what i love about this pick and roll is that it's good but it's like there's so much room for it to get better at the same time yeah there's so much space and the biggest way they're going to get to that space and get better right now is really from reps it's really yeah. from just seeing different defenses try to play them different ways it's just from playing like because they can do every type of thing like they they understand it they can read it they just got to play until some team throws something funky at them. They're like, oh, let's figure this out. This That's the fun part, right? Because now mm-hmm. if I beat that, I know you can't guard me the regular way. That's why you're doing the funky stuff. So now if I figure this out, I'm prepared for everything as the year goes. But they're so good because Dennis attacks. Dennis is coming off of that thing like I'm going downhill. Turns a corner and you, <laughs> You better make a decision right now yeah. Before, yeah. before this yeah. happens because if you are in the middle, I'm getting by you. Yeah, like I'm getting by you and I'm going to get an and one or I'm going to get to the rim where I can get to the corner, kick out pass like you mm-hmm. better be in front of me when I come around the screen. And that's the thing I love about him. And he's and he's taking the pull up, which is great. He's making some. It's not he's, it's not a lot of them, but he's taking it. And that's the best thing about it, like because he's capable. 
He had a floater too yesterday over Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Yeah. And he's getting into his passing bag too. He's got this between the legs pass that he's doing. No. Yeah. He, he loves of, that. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. pass, the pass to Yak in the Chicago game. Mm. The back, that one was, that was pretty. That's he did that again against the Bucks that's, too. Yeah, yeah. That's in my, that was yeah. in my notes. Ooh. Uh, so there, he's finding different ways to, I remember Fred, when, uh, we did the pod with him last year, he mentioned mm. that, uh, once, you know, Yak came in the door trade deadline that he had to, you know, rediscover some aspects of his game that mm. he hasn't really had to use. And that pick and roll got better and better as the season went on. It became one of the more potent ones in the NBA by, by season's end. And, uh, I, what I like about this aspect of Dennis and Yak is that we talk about what makes a good pick and roll combination, right? And it's, it may be different, a different formula depending on the players, but with Yak, I mean, he finishes really well around the rim. Uh, he, he's awesome at making those, like getting those deep seals with some of, uh, some of the, the bigs, uh, down low, um, the pocket passes, the dump offs, he's got good hands. And then with, with Dennis, I mean, it's just the downhill penetration and the array of ways in which he's able to, you know, create these passing angles because of his speed, but there has to be ways in which, I mean, I was even seeing it yesterday that they're not connecting all the time on, on screens. Right. And that's part of, you know, 0.5 basketball. Maybe they're just like, they're not in sync in some ways. And this is going to come through reps, but I'm curious what you think about this is how does it get better? Right. It's reps, but what are they looking to rep out? Um, More, obviously more hits on the screen or the, on the, on the ball defender. Cause that's what starts everything. I just need to make sure I can make him go over or under. I want to make him go over. That's what I want every time. I don't want to allow anybody to go under. I want to, even if I don't get a good hit on him, I want my angle to be in such a way where he cannot go under because the route yeah. would be so far that he wouldn't be able to guard. It would be an easy shot. So, like, the biggest thing mm -hmm. is make sure I can get him to go under. And then Yacht, because Yacht does such a good job of finding space, like finding a pocket. He presents himself well. He's, he'll sit he behind bursts off those screens. He bursts yeah. through it. Sit behind it or he pops real yeah. fast and gets ahead of it. He makes sure he reads the bigs intentions really well because once yeah. the guard gets off the balls the ball handler's body he knows they're done for like he he gets so he doesn't try to stick around and try to make sure he cracks them really hard if i can't get him i make him change his route then i'm out you know, he pushed way, a dude yesterday it too it was hilarious yeah. i forget who it was he just gave him like a little push and he's like yeah. oh well two on one done it was yeah. funny yeah but uh, yeah that's the biggest thing is just making sure we can continue to find the angle and then Dennis is going to get even more patient the more he notices that y'all can get this from every time, right? Like, there's not – I know we're playing .5, but there's still a patience and a pace to what we're doing. Because yeah. once we get to this point in the pick and roll, we're not .5 anymore. This is either the play call or the everything's broken down, and now we're just getting to this so we can make the right play. What I'm finding at points, and this happened at uh, the beginning of the game when all those turnovers were happening, and Dennis actually had a couple of them, is that there's a space – if the screen doesn't go right, there's a space in which Dennis has to make a decision. And Brooke Lopez is the center in this case. He's protecting the rim. There really isn't a window necessarily for a pass to, to Yaka. When he tries to do a jump pass or maybe like a quick shovel pass, sometimes it works out, other times it doesn't. But it's like the floater range, but also he's going downhill. It's like a weird spot where he has to be able to make a decision and uh, try and orchestrate offense. Uh, I'm not sure what he does about that because he isn't, you know, six five right he can't just go into the center and uh you know make contact draw a foul necessarily sometimes he can but it's kind of a, a thing that they're gonna have to adjust um as they get these reps in i also think i mean obviously he's a pro i can't tell him what to do like not trying to like act like i know i'll see y'all but watching it the more he can work on flying full speed off of that and shooting that pull up at full speed so he doesn't have to sacrifice his speed to make the big make a decision, the easier that will get, right? Because hmm. the speed is what makes everybody react. When you're coming off and you kind of got him on your hip and you're like trying to like, everybody kind of gets to play at that pace too. But the speed that he flies off at is what makes everybody be like, I'm too late to go, so I'm going to stay home or I'm going to, or I got to be there early, right? Which makes you be able to have decisions. So the speed he comes flying downhill, we can get to 14 feet and pull up on a dime and make that shot, it will change everything. Like, yeah. because now it's just another piece to the recipe of this situation we got going on right here. Yeah. You want to be able to finish at different levels. And there was a pass that uh, 
Pascal gave Jakob in the Chicago game or the Trailblazers game where he came off a screen. And again, the, you're dealing with the, you know, a lot of players stunting and recovering. And this is why it's so important that in the corner, when Pascal or Scotty are there, when they're spacing, they're able to make those shots. So mm-hmm. that way, some of these windows are, are more open, but Pascal gave a, a bounce pass to, to Jakob and it was around the free throw line. And I'm like, I don't know what you want Yak to, to do with the ball in that area. Because like there was like the, he still had like the drop defender right in front of him, and it was just kind of an awkward space. Mm-hmm. And uh, if you want, you know, you want to be able to finish at all levels of the of on offense, right? So the three point shot, right. even like the top of the key, uh, free throw line extended, nail area, just keep on finding ways in which you are able to finish uh, a play. And I find that you know they they don't really have all of the all of the levels covered but they have a lot of them covered and that's good and not all pick and roll combinations do like not all of them are like you know a Trey Young and a Clint Capella or whatever where Trey can just get his floater off from pretty much anywhere and it goes Man, in that floater yeah. is crazy i know um, but so Yak is not terrible in that space i've seen him make a couple more i think it's a comfortability thing like he hasn't had a lot of time in that space mm-hmm. but at the same time, I'm with you. Like it's a it's an awkward space to like kind of, and I'm still in the space too when I pass it to him. Like I'm not even out yeah. of the way. So it's me, my man that's coming, and the big that's right there. So it's almost like the same with him. Like little uh with Pascal, like working on some little like I mean he's got it because his mid range he's he's added so much to that. So like little like the Allen Iverson fade off two feet. He used to jump stop and fade one way or the other to get his shot off just to create a little bit more space and because it's such a yep. short shot and if. I know Pascal can do it if AI was doing it at 5'11", right? Like, so Pascal in that position creates so much more space and or has to do less of a fade. Mm -hmm. And then now, like you say, we add this shot to the game. Now the big has another decision he has to make. Now it's on the scout report, like, hey, he likes to take this shot. So now I can't play halfway when you get in there. Yeah. Might be unfair a little bit to Pascal right now because there was a defender in the the corner. There was a Raptor player in the mm. corner, so there was a lot of traffic. It wasn't empty side pick and roll. Then there was more ah. space. But but I'm just yeah. This is P yeah. skills. P skills. The man of many skills. <laughs> I don't want to hear. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> What's left on CJ's notes? Anything? Uh, let's look. I put him get the notepad out. I had, I actually had to put it in my phone today because Isaiah was not having me right today. Um, so Toronto, I mean, Milwaukee game, no hesitation on threes, early TOs, OG yep. having a perfect game, right? Um, it's a big thing, uh, him being able to do that. Making nice shots, drives towards the, making, the baseline too. Yep. He had a reverse and one, uh, was that, maybe this is a different game, but I know there's one game he gets a reverse and one dunk from like, under the basket. It's not the cleanest done, but it's it's impressive for his size and what he does. Mm-hmm. Um, um Dennis's pass we talked about. Grady giving up the and one, then takes the charge. Them just literally out playing them, right? And and then watching the young guys and knowing that um in the beginning of this year, the up and down is gonna come with them. Like you gotta note it as a coach and you gotta and and as veteran players, right? You 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 had yeah. it. It's gonna come. They got to learn how to be consistent. They got to learn how to prepare. They got to learn how to control emotion. Um, Dennis having nine assists and a half is evidence of the pace. Them playing a certain way. Um, they're Dennis and Dennis attacking. He's attacking yeah. everybody. Like whoever's in front from of him. three, by the way, right now, 50% from three. Jeez. And everybody in front of him is, is, is food. You know yeah. what I mean? When he's in his scoring positions and he's in his pick and roll positions, he's in the slot. He gets to the rim. It's one dribble either from a hesitation or across his body in some type of crossover, and I'm da- I'm I'm picking it up, and we're make everybody's making a decision. You get, you mm. get there to meet me, or I get in the air and make a pass, or whatever it is. Um, that that has been he's been special with that. Them really looking for yacht and him operating in the in the baseline and in the in the mid paint area and in that half circle area has been special. Like he's really figuring out how to open himself up and defense is low loading to the ISO players or to the weak side. And he's just following them basically. And then picking which way they don't go and they're hitting yeah. them for quick passes. Um, Pascal found him a couple times, right? Yeah. And then the other yeah. guys just keep moving, keep taking your shots. Like the guys that are just like, there's a couple of games where guys don't shoot well. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they're good shots. Take them. Yeah. You're being told to take them. That's why you're being able to stay in the game. 
keep your confidence. Um, the Rasul Butler, rest in peace, Rasul Butler. Um, learn this from him. The one thing, so what he would do is he would come into the arena the day after games and the shots that he missed, he would take them cold. He would want that would be his workout before practice. He would go work on them with no warm-up. Cause like I'm coming off the bench. These are the shots I'm getting. So we're gonna rep these out and I'm gonna have to get warm as we go. Like obviously you can't do those like sprinting in them, but you just get in those spots. Mm-hmm. And you take those shots. So you can see the ball go in from those spots. Um, and that was a thing that I got from him. I learned from somebody I never played with him, but I had learned from a coach that played with him when I really became a primary guy off the bench. That was one of the things I took. It was like, all right, what are the shots we missed yesterday? Let's go get reps of those right now. Walk in the gym, shoes untied, not even ready. Like, nope, go, don't pick up the ball. Don't do no ball handling yet. Don't do, mm-hmm. go take those shots and see them. Get it out of the way. Like, right, get it out of the psyche. Yeah. And that was a, that's a big tool I would give to young guys. Mm. Right now, the Raptors are not shooting too well from the corner threes, but I mean, we'll, we'll see how things go. Uh, right now, they're actually overall, they're, they're 14. 14th in three-point percentage. So above the break is much better, but uh, the corners right now aren't where they're finding success. We'll see what happens, man. Like They're going to keep on figuring this out. They're going to keep on trying to make these shots. And uh, obviously, we're, we just talked about you know the pick the pick and roll between Yak and, and Dennis and uh, corner three-point shooting and some of those for the kickout passes, whether it be Yak, whether it be uh, Dennis as he goes downhill, all very helpful. So Yeah, it's all going to grow. It's all going to yep, grow. It can only it grow. Confidence grows. Guys getting more minutes, getting understanding where, like we said, where they're shooting from. You can there be specific, specific, speak it, sound it out, specific with reps. Yes. And the work. And we put the work in today. That was a, a lengthy pod. I, I felt like it yeah. might be uh, a longer run because there was so much to cover. So had, it wasn't one game. We had no, no, it wasn't. So thank you everyone for listening. CJ, a final thought if you got one. Um, peace and love. Okay. You were Donkey Kong for Halloween. That was awesome. <laughs> I was Donkey Kong for Halloween. I was. Um, <laughs> and that, that it was not, it was, it was not tailored for me. Let's just put it that way. <laughs> it wasn't supposed to be anyways. I didn't wear it out on the street. I, I yeah. changed yeah. when I took the kids out. It would have been slightly offensive to wear out on the street. Ah, I see. I understand. On that note. <laughs> You can't walk up on somebody's front door. Like, you no, know what I mean? No, like, no, no, you can't. And, there's, and there's children kids, everywhere. Kids on the street children and there's everywhere. mothers and dads and it's not, yeah. You don't want the yeah. wrong type of attention. No, 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 no. Okay. <laughs> Take it easy, everyone. Everybody. Peace. eBay, what's it like? What's it like? What's it like to see the moment? To feel yourself growing. This is greatness that I'm showing. Close your eyes. I'm still glowing. Close the door. I'm still going. This is grand business. Have a seat and be a witness. Hey, what's it like?